Welcome to Sunday Evening Worship here at Broadway Baptist Church. This is the Sunday before Veterans Day, so it's um, November 8th, our evening worship service. We actually pre-record these here, usually on the Monday before um, the event, so I'm recording this on Monday, November 2nd, during the afternoon, and that's the day before the election, so I, uh, the reason I'm telling you this is because uh, I, we don't know the results, obviously, of the election, because when we're recording this, it's tomorrow, but um, there obviously because a lot of uncertainty today, a lot of unknowns going into the election. So I did want to spend the time tonight, as we look in our Bibles, to answer the question, does prayer change God? Why are we told to pray? You know, we asked everybody on um, Tuesday to fast, so I hope you did take the time to fast for our nation, just like Jehoshaphat called for a national fast there in Judah. But we really want to be able to examine the scriptures. The Bible tells us to pray. The Bible tells us how to devout prayer life. And we, I have three different scriptures I want to look at so that we can see why we pray, how prayer changes God's will, and not only that, what maybe are some specific things you and I could be praying for. So go ahead and turn in your Bible. We're going to start in the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to be looking here at four verses. First of all then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. The Bible is telling us, the Bible's giving us a command that we are to be faithful in all different types of prayer. So you look up here on the screen. If you go back to verse 1 here, look at the different types of prayers that Paul told Timothy to pray. He said, a petition. A petition, that's when you're, you're, you're almost like negotiating, you're, you're lobbying, you're petitioning the Lord, praying you're going directly to God. Prayer is talking to God. Intercession, this is when you are praying to God on behalf of someone else. You're, inter you're, coming, you're coming to the Lord for someone else. God, help heal our land. We pray for our president. We pray for fair elections. We pray for your spirit to move across America. Okay, verse 2 here, it says, and also I missed over, it says thanksgivings. That's part of a prayer. We give thanks. We thank the Lord for what He's done in our life. For kings and all those who are in authority. Why? So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, isn't that powerful? God tells us three ways how we're to be active in who we're to be praying for. And the first one we saw there, I'm going to put these up here on the screen, we're to be active in praying for those who are in authority. We're to be praying for our president. Again, I don't know who our new president is. We'll be praying for either President Biden 
or President Trump. Do you pray for your president? Have you prayed for the election results to be fair and clear? Have you prayed for um, our country to, and fasted as well, to be very civil? It's tearing our country apart how divisive folks are. People can't be friends with someone because of a yard sign or who they're going to vote for. That's not the American way. That's not the Christian way. God wants us to be united and unified under the gospel, under Jesus Christ. And we are commanded in verses 1 and 2 that you and I need to be praying for our president, even if it's not the person we voted for, even if they have different views and policies. You should pray for your president. You should pray for your pastor. You should pray for those who you work for at your office. You should pray for those who teach you at school. Folks who are over you, you should be lifting up to the Lord that they have your best interests, the best interests of the institutions, the churches, the schools, the nations. We absolutely pray and cry out and call out and have an intercessory prayer life for those we are under. Number two, well, what else do we pray for? What we just read here, we're to pray for a godly life. Verse 2 told us there that we're to pray that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness. That means we do not want to fall to sin. We do not want to find ourselves going down a slippery slope. Yielding to temptation. We need to make sure, says God, put a hedge around me. Lord, guard my steps. Use my speech so I won't have a gossipy, slanderous tongue. Lord, I just pray that my life will be godly. So many of David's prayers in the book of Psalms, he was crying out to God because he wanted to live for the Lord. He did not want to stumble. And number three, what else do we pray for? And verse four tells us here, we're to pray for the lost to be saved. Do you know someone who doesn't know the Lord? Do you know an unchurched person? Yeah, I'm so proud of our church after this past Sunday. Or I guess now as we listen to this, it'd be the Sunday before. Two different people came up to me and they were telling me of folks they were inviting to church. One was a neighbor and one was a co-worker. They knew of someone who did not go to church that God had placed on their heart whom they wanted me to begin praying for that opportunity to invite them. God wants you and I to look for evangelism and outreach opportunities. It is God's plan and purpose for Broadway Baptist Church to reach our city and to be a light to the bluegrass region. To, have, to be strengthened because of God's Word. To have ministries that touch all sorts of people. That's why it's so powerful for you to maybe share this Facebook Live or uh, uh, share something about church. Use your social media to invite other people to worship. Guys, all that matters is we stand before the Lord. He will not look at me and say, Daniel, did you vote for Biden or Trump? That's not what God's going to ask us. He's going to look at me. 
and say, do you know my son? Are you saved? Have you been forgiven? And that's what matters. And we cannot allow politics or our nation or other things, other priorities to get in the way. Do you know, I'm going to put this up here on the screen. It's a quote. If you're not thinking about evangelism, God's will for your life, opportunities to serve Him, look at this. You will begin to sleep spiritually. And I believe there's a lot of us as believers. And COVID can certainly do this. We are just going about our days and our weeks and we're sleeping. We're not looking for opportunities to experience victory and to serve the Lord. I just think one of the best things to do in the mornings, I, I'm a morning person. I was telling somebody today, if I could, I'd get up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock every morning, go to bed at 8.30 every night. Can't always do that. Very rarely, never almost can I do that. I get more stuff done in the mornings. In the mornings, I ask the Lord, says, Lord, give me an opportunity. Put people, unlikely people, that I can have gospel conversations to, that I can pray for, that I can share with someone who's lost how to be saved. I have discovered that is a prayer that God, He will, he will do that. He will allow people to come into your path that you can have a gospel witness. And I want to encourage you to always have some Bibles, some gospel tracts, some church bulletins, something available to invite someone else to church. One of the ways the devil attacks believers is to lull them to sleep. Lull literally means they've just, just drifted off. They've fallen asleep. And I don't mean they've died. I don't mean they're physically asleep. They are so preoccupied, so busy with other things, so not focusing or even thinking about the spiritual, thinking about how God can use them. They have they've drifted away spiritually. God doesn't want us to do that. God doesn't want us to be lulled into this, this non-use, non-service for the Lord. I believe God has a plan for your life. I believe He has a plan for His nation. Whatever's happened from our election, if it's still, maybe it's in the courts, maybe we know a winner, who knows. Whatever's going on, I believe we need to see what the greater purpose is for our country and for you. So then we have to ask the question, okay, does prayer change God's will? Does prayer change God's mind? Okay, God is sovereign. That means He knows everything. He knows the past. He knows what's going on now. He knows the future. His sovereignty, nothing catches Him off guard. He isn't surprised. So then we have to say, well, if God knows the future, if God is 100% aware of what's going to happen next week or next year or when I'm going to die or when the world's coming to an end, He knows who's going to be saved, then why should I even pray? It sounds like it's set in stone. And there's an answer to that. But those that uh, ask this question, they quote Malachi 3.6. I want to read that for you all. Because I think this is a good Bible verse 
and understanding prayer. Malachi 3.6 tells us, Because I, the Lord, have not changed. God has never changed. Nothing about the Lord changes. And you descendants of Jacob have not been destroyed. Do you know who the descendants of Jacob are? That's the 12 tribes of Israel. Those are God's chosen people, the Israelites. That's who he has delivered out of Egypt. Those are his people. And he has not abandoned them. He's absolutely committed to that promise, that covenant he made to the Israelites, beginning with Abraham. And I think what we see here, God, he's the Lord and he hasn't changed. And at the same time, he has told us, he's commanded us to pray. So if prayer is to bring change, why should we pray if God doesn't change? And there's an answer. I'm going somewhere with this. What happens is we are commanded, we are told that prayer is powerful. It helps us in righteousness. So last scripture we're going to look at tonight. Flip over, back of your Bible, James 5.13. James 5.13-18. through 18. You know, this is some of Sherry and I's our favorite scripture on prayer. I hold to this Bible verse because I've, I've seen it occur. God's brought it to my mind and I've used it to encourage other folks. And this is why having a Wednesday night prayer list, this is why it's so important for us as a church body when Brother Herd comes up here on Sunday mornings and he shares, hey, these are some folks who are having surgery. These are some names we need to be lifting to the Lord. These are people who are sick right now. You should be praying your prayer list. I email out our church prayer list every week. I hope you open that up and pray for those names. I hope you take the time in your devotional life to lift up those who need the Lord. And here's why. Look what it says here in your Bible. James 5.13 Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The elders of the church are men who are devout to the Lord. Your deacons, your Sunday school teachers, your, your ministerial staff, people who love the Lord. They love the local church, they love Jesus, they love God's people. And the Bible is telling us, when we know of someone who is sick, we bring in the elders together, we lay our hands on them, we anoint them with oil, and I actually have anointing oil in my office, I keep it for this very purpose, and we pray over them. You pray that God will hear and answer. And here is why we do this. Verse 15 tells us, The prayer of faith will save the sick person. Healing comes from prayer. Do you know somebody who has COVID? Do you know someone who's struggling right now? You should be praying for them. 
and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. God forgives our sins. God washes us through prayer. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Now, he gives the example of Elijah. Elijah was a human being, as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and bam, all of a sudden, the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. God told Elijah, you go tell King Ahab it's not going to rain. Three and a half years, it did not rain. He even went and lived out by a brook, and the brook dried up because there was no water. And the ravens started bringing him food, and he had to move. But then God told him it's time to go see Ahab again because it's about to rain. And, and boy, did it rain. At the word of the command of the Lord, it rained, it didn't rain. God hears our prayer. If you know of someone that is sick, if you know of someone that needs to be saved, if you know of someone that is just, they're struggling with some addiction, I want to encourage you to pray for them because it, it does work. The Bible says it's powerful in its effect, meaning God has chosen the method of prayer as changing and impacting other people. So when we fail to pray, when we choose, and pride is the reason we don't pray, or we just have been lulled to sleep and we fail to realize the spiritual warfare we're in. We're not even aware and knowledgeable of the battle. When we fail to pray, we are limiting ourselves of what God can do. You say, well, Daniel, again, you didn't answer the sovereign question. If God is sovereign, why pray? And there's an answer to that. I'm going to put the answer up here on the score screen, and I'm going to read it for those that are listening only. How to best understand prayer. Here it is. God is powerful enough to create a plan for each person in the universe. I mean, all people on earth, God has a plan. Is a plan for me and you. Yet incorporate each person's free will and prayers into his perfect plan. Meaning, in God's foreknowledge. Meaning, God knows what's going to happen. But he has some options. He will allow these things to happen if his people pray for it to happen. Meaning, Johnny over here, Johnny can get saved. Jesus died for Johnny. But right now, Johnny is living a, like a pagan. Johnny has family members and friends at work who start to pray for his salvation. And then all of a sudden, someone invites Johnny to church, and he hears the gospel, and he gives his life to Christ, and he is saved. Johnny is now going to heaven. But it's very possible if his, Johnny's family and his fellow co-workers did not intercede on his behalf, Johnny would have died and very likely gone to hell. 
God would have allowed it to happen, but the reason he chose for it not to happen is because he heard the prayers of his people, God's people, interceding on behalf of Johnny. And he answered it. In God's foreknowledge, Johnny could either die lost or he's saved. And basically God says, if you, won't, if, you're, if you would like to see Johnny saved, God doesn't force salvation on Johnny's life. You pray for God to move. And I believe if we want a healing in our land, we as Christians, we need to be praying for that healing. We need to be praying for our church, praying for our church's finances, praying for our church's staff, praying for the ministries here, that they will have a, an enormous impact, life-changing impact on folks. Pray, pray where a church that's baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So, yes, God is completely sovereign, but in His sovereignty, He allows, in His foreknowledge, He allows an area, an opportunity, not to change, but for a different result. So that's how someone can be prayed into heaven. That's how someone can experience revival and healing from a sickness. Because God's people cried out and called out to God. We should be praying for the salvation of lost people, should be praying for sick people to be healed, should be praying for our president. We should be praying for a godly life. If you are struggling with sin tonight, if there are areas in your life that you need to surrender to God, if there's stuff on the computer you should not be doing, I encourage you. Say, God, I need help. I need to be delivered. And then tell somebody else, hey, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for this in my life? Do you ask for other people to pray for your life, for your struggles, for your marriage, for your children, for your grandchildren? Intercessory prayer. We are told in 1 Timothy 2, we should be practicing it. We intercede for others. I want to pray for you tonight. Prayer changes God. It changes God and allows the possibility of revival in our life. The, the character of God never changes. But in His foreknowledge, He will allow some people to be healed, some people to be saved, and maybe those that we didn't pray for, they never experienced it. It's a blessing and honor and privilege. The greatest thing you can ever do for your pastor and your church is to daily pray for them. Pray for their church, pray for our church to be emboldened in our witness with the gospel. I want you to lift up your hand right now. I want you to bow your, eye, bow your head and close your eyes. You're raising your hand to the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you. You're praying for a divine touch. God, I pray for those that have their hand raised. Lord, you commanded us.
to pray for others. Lord, you see whose hand is raised, asking for your touch, asking you to experience your power, your presence. Lord, I pray this evening that we will recommit ourselves to prayer. Lord, I pray for our nation. I don't know what's going on right now. This is the day before the election when we're, we're taping this. But I pray, Lord, whatever happens, it is your sovereign will and plan. You are still on the throne. You are still God. We are still saved. We're your children. Lord, I pray for our country. I pray for our church. I pray for those who are sick. Pray for those that need to be saved tonight. They will reach out. Lord, thank you for allowing us to experience your power through prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to hear from you. If you want to get saved, if you prayed to get saved, if you want to join our church, if you want to know more about what it means to be connected to the body of Christ, or maybe connected in a ministry here at Broadway, fill out our online connection card. Let us know what we can be praying for you. As James chapter 5 tells us as church body, as elders, we can be praying for you. If you want us to lay hands on you, anoint you oil, you let me know. We can certainly do that. We are commanded in Scripture to do that. God bless you. I will see you Wednesday night here on um, November 11th. We will be in our Mark Bible study as well as we have our Wednesday evening fellowship dinner beforehand. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday evening.